Let's pray. Father, in that powerful name of Jesus, we come believing, we come standing, we come victorious in Jesus' name. And I just pray, God, as we study the lives of these ten women, that you will help us to, 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 to just pick up on their victory and to, and to learn from their success and to roar in the Spirit and be strong in the Lord. And we'll thank you for that which we're about to receive through this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And all the church says. <laughs> Praise God. How many know life's complicated? But 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 life 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 is life is complicated more more than more than ever it's it's comp- not only complicated but it's kind of sometimes contradictory to what God promised. Oh, let's be honest. Sometimes it's not going the way God said it would go. So so, so this morning I, I really want to look at at Mary and I know you're wondering which Mary because there's there's several in scriptures. I want to look at Mother Mary. Does that help you at all? I want to look at Mother Mary. And I know we Protestants, have, we get nervous whenever we preach about Mary. Because, you know, some places Mary is worshipped and prayed to. And she's co-redemptrix. You know, that's a little beyond what we believe. Amen. So we kind of stay away from Mary. But listen, I really think we need to really look at her life closely. I think I think it's hard to relate to Mary, but but if we if we put ourselves in there, I think we can start learning some things, and I think we can see that Mary had a roar about her even at a young age, and and she's unique. How many know nobody? You know I don't care what has happened to you in life. You know someone else has been through it. You know that right? I don't I don't care what it is. Someone else has been through it. We've been on the planet 6,000 years. Someone's been through what you're going through and made it through. But Mary can honestly say no one has ever been through what she's been through, and no one has ever been through it since then. I don't think anyone else claimed immaculate conception. All right? No, no, no one has ever been. Her story is unique, and what she's been through is unique. Let, let's listen to a little bit of the story from, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 from the message. Sounds a little different. He said, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged, and by engaged, that means committed to marriage. There's really hardly any way out of this um, uh, other than an actual divorce to be engaged to be married to Joseph before they came to the marriage bed. Y'all know, y'all know what, I don't need to explain all that. Okay. Joseph discovered she was pregnant. Yikes. It was by the Holy Spirit, parentheses. <laughs> but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. So Joseph is a good man, but he couldn't tolerate this. This was beyond what, you know, beyond what he could understand, beyond what he could accept, right? How many understand Joseph's point of view? Especially in that day and age, you know, you, know, you can't, you know, just, it just can't be done. And you need to understand that not only would she be criticized 
You know, t today, I don't know that it matters a whole lot for a lot of people. But listen, back then, you could be stoned for this. They could legally stone her because the evidence is there. And if Joseph said it wasn't me, you know, uh, she could be stoned for this. So it's a very, very serious social and spiritual situation. And you need to understand, too, that Mary is still a teenager. We don't think she was older than 18. She might have been as young as 16 years old. In a day and age where you didn't know a lot at that age. Unlike now, they know what nine years old. They got it all figured out. But listen... She's just a teenager having to bear all this and try to understand all this and try to figure out and deal with Joseph. And I wonder what her mother and dad said. There's no record. We don't know what they said. I wonder what Joseph's parents thought about all this. You know, surely there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of people telling them what to do, a lot of pressure. How many know life is complicated? And her life has suddenly become complicated. Let's look at it again from the message from Luke, from Luke's in, interpretation of it, chapter 1, verse 26. In, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's, her cousin's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. He has good lineage. He has a good job. He's not a wealthy man. He's not a noble man. You know, I mean, he's not part of the nobility, but he's, he's a craftsman. He has money. He's there's not really a middle class, but you understand what I'm saying? She's doing all right with this guy. She's a teenager. He may be 30 years old at this point. So there's, there's this coming together. This is, a, this is going to be a good life. But upon entering, Gabriel, Gabriel messes everything up. Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. I always hate it when an angel comes in that way, don't you? Good morning. Yeah, this is, well, I don't know if it's good or not, but I just saw an angel. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Okay. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. So far, so good. See, but she was thoroughly shaken. Remember, teenager. Wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Surprise? Oh, yeah. There's never been a surprise like this. That's probably how she approached Joseph. I got a surprise for you, Joseph. <laughs> We're going to be parents. Um, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. In other words, the Messiah. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his name. Wow. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. How many know that's a good question? 
you're pregnant now. Mm, I don't think so. I kind of know that. No, but the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You know, it's one thing for God to be with you. It's something else when God's in you. Literally. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. You're going to birth God. Apparently, that doesn't blow your mind. I, I like what it says in the, in the New King James Version as well, these verses, in the sixth month, so on and so forth, to a virgin born of Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. And then it says this in verse 27, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice. Really? Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I mean, for millennium, young women were wondering if God would use her to bring forth the Messiah. But listen, they knew that was going to happen someday, but they never knew it would be an immaculate conception. They didn't know it would be that kind of pregnancy. So this really blows her mind. Notice the words, highly favored. Now listen, that... that you old-timers, you remember that when people would ask us, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Big old smile on your face. Usually didn't say it when times are bad. But anyway, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed of God. And then you're like, jealous. Yeah, I'm going through it. Because we've interpreted favored as I've got all the money I need. I'm in good health. Everything's going my way. God answers all my prayers. Everything's, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. I'm favored. I got news for you. That's not the definition. I'm highly blessed. Again, the same thing. I, I've got everything. You know, life is good. Everything's fine. How many know even if you're serving God, you don't always feel favored and you don't always feel blessed? Let's just be honest. I mean, look at everything Mary went through. Her life was complicated. Remember, the, we talked about the scandal of, of having this child being born. And eventually, Joseph comes around, you know, with the angel and everything. And, he, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But he, he comes around. But still, they had to kind of explain the timing of this. It doesn't work out exactly right. It's complicated. Right after the child is born, they have to leave their job, leave their home, leave their life, and go to Egypt for two years and resettle. And it's a lot harder then than it is now to do that. How hard is it to raise God? <laughs> Think about that. Remember when she lost Jesus in the temple? I'm sure she's thinking, oh, this is not going to go good on Judgment Day. How did you lose God? <laughs> right? Like, but we found him. We found him. We found him. I don't know what it's, what would it be like to raise Jesus? How many believe he was a smart kid? Right? You know, my, 
if I could brag a little bit, my, my, my three-year-old grandson, he's pretty smart. The other day he was rubbing his neck and he said, something scratchy in my esophagus. Some of you don't know where the esophagus is. I thought that was something got to my heart, or I don't know what the. <laughs> and Mike and Christian are going like, we never use that word. Where did he pick that up? <laughs> you know, some kids are picking up curse words, but he knew esophagus. I mean, he's pretty smart, but I think Jesus was smarter. And you wonder if he's, you know, when did he realize he was God? When, when did he start realizing that he had some powers, you know? I, I could see Mary coming into the bathroom, and, he, and he's floating in the tub. Say, now you're just showing off. Quit. When he raised the neighbor's dog from the dead, that was just beyond, you know, that's just too much. I don't know what, what Mary had, had to deal with. You know, at the wedding feast of Canaan, for some reason, she just knew he would take care of it. Maybe that's because as a young boy, he often turned water into grape juice. I don't know what it was like to raise Jesus, but, but just to get in her head. And, and poor Joseph. We don't think about Joseph. And by the time Jesus started his ministry at 30, jo Joseph's already dead. And then he had brothers and sisters. I know some people don't believe that, but it's right in the Scriptures. He had brothers. He had sisters. Come on. What was it like for big brother to be God? I mean, I'm the oldest. I kind of know. <laughs> I was large and in charge. <laughs> I was babysitting my younger brothers for a few hours at a time when I was nine years old. Oh, we had fun. My mother came home once and wanted to know why there were oranges on the ceiling. That's the short story. <laughs> I don't know how that got there. I don't know. Jesus... It was a challenge. It had to, you know, I mean, can you imagine the pressure? What if I mess this up? I don't want to mess up raising God. And there's no manuals. Dr. Spock wasn't born for a few years after that. Some of you don't even know who that is. And I'm glad you don't. We don't, we don't, we don't know what, what she went through. But, you know, we, we, how many know our lives are complicated, too? And our lives are under the microscope, more so than an even back then. And, 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 of course, it's your own fault signing up for Facebook. Everybody knows your business. You put it out there, then you question why people are giving you a hard time. Uh, we're, we're under the microscope, and people are more critical than they've ever been before. And young people especially, some of them, a lot of them are committing suicide over things they post on Facebook. And people are less afraid, you know, to say whatever comes into their little heads on Facebook. And we hide behind this covering, and we, and we, we mess with people's lives, and our, our lives with all of our modern contraptions is more complicated now than it's ever been before. And I feel like we're under more pressure to act like we've got it all under control. That's 
the main purpose of Facebook is to make people think you got it together. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How many know we don't always have it together? But we, but we want to make sure everyone thinks we do. We're living under more pressure than we ever had before, though we have everything that we have ever had. And the thing about it is we pray I saw a post the other, the other day where they said, what, you know, what do we say to the world when they look at us and say, well, they prayed and nothing happened. Well, they went to church, but nothing was changed. But on and on and on they go. They critique us. They criticize us. What happens when God gives you a promise and it's never realized yet? I want you to understand. I want you to get this, okay? If you've been sleeping, it's time to wake up. Watch this. Write this down. When God gives you a promise, the first thing that happens after a promise is the exact opposite of the promise. Hello, land flowing with milk and honey. That was the promise. Moses said, we're going to a land of flowing with milk and honey. Hello, desert. And it was their own fault, but they were there 40 years. Now, they could have got through there in about 10 days, but, you know, there's that. But even if it was 10 days, they had to endure battles. They had to endure the heat. They had to endure the lack of water and lack of food. And, and it wasn't going to be easy getting from point A to point D. Whenever God gives you a promise, the first thing that happens is the opposite of the promise. God will test your faith to see if you'll really trust him on the journey. Amen. I don't know why it all works that way, but it's just that way. Amen. God says, I'm going to save your loved ones, and the, and the next day they're more heathen than they've ever been. God said, I'm going to heal your body, and suddenly you feel worse than you've ever felt. God said, I'm going to give you a financial miracle, and you get a letter in the mail saying, I'm going to repossess your car. Hello, church. Just as soon as you feel confident, yes, God's going to do this, it seems like just the opposite occurs. The angel comes to Mary and says, you're blessed, rejoice, you're highly favored. And Mary's going like, I could do without this. Favored. Favor somebody else. This is rough. But the second thing I want you to understand is what the angel said to her. He said, rejoice. Why? Rejoice. The Lord is with you. Now, you know I preached this before, but I got to pro probably preach it every Sunday until everyone gets it. <laughs> Come on now. You got, you got to get this. Rejoice. Not because everything's going well. Not because the Lord just, not, not because you just got a check in the mail that solved all your problems. Not because you just got a miracle. Listen, rejoice because the Lord is with you. 
I want you to understand what favored means. Favored does not mean that everything's going the way you want it to go. Favored does not mean that you never have any problems, never have any bad situations, never have any, 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 any turnarounds or, 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 or some missteps or, or, some bad, or some sorrowful situations. It does not mean, favored does not mean that everything's going to go your way. Favored means that God is with you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but if I know he's with me, I can get through whatever I have to get through. My question is not, God, are you going to change my circumstances? My question is, God, are you going to go through this with me? Sometimes he takes you through. Sometimes he takes you around. Sometimes you got to dig under. (laughs) But sometimes, no matter what it is, here it is. God is with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. I don't know about you, but that's all I need to hear. Give him praise this morning. Third thing he said is you're highly highly favored. That word favored in the Greek is charis. It's where we get the word grace or gift from. Wow. You are highly graced. Mary... I've just assigned a difficult life to you. It's going to start hard. It's going to be complicated raising him. He's going to be somewhat detached during ministry, and you're not going to understand. He's going to die on the cross, but raised from the dead on the third day. And we see her with the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Oh, my God, hallelujah. Can you imagine Mary being there with the rest of them on the day of Pentecost? And she gets the flame of fire on her head. (laughs) Hallelujah. Not an easy life, but how many know her heart was pierced so many times, but yet, but yet, God was always with her. What does highly graced mean? It means chosen. I, I, listen, at 16, 17, 18, whatever her age, what in the world could this girl have done in life to prove herself worthy? Nothing. Nothing. Just a year or two before that, she's playing with dolls. I don't know. Well, maybe just a doll. My other grandchild has many dolls, thanks to Gigi. She has more dolls than a doll museum. <laughs> every kind of doll, every ethnicity, every, every kind of character. We, if something new comes out, we ship her. Thank you, Amazon. We ship her a new doll. I don't, I'm ashamed to say how many dolls she has. But back then, Mary probably only had one doll, and it was probably made out of straw. And, but but the, I, don't, I don't know that, I don't know 
that she did anything that would deserve this. And every time you get the big head, understand, you haven't done anything to deserve what God's done with you either or for you or through you. Amen. You, we haven't deserved a thing. Remember when Jesus was baptized in the river? He hadn't begun his ministry. He was just beginning. He hadn't done anything. All he did up to that point was make really great bookshelves. It was a carpenter's son. But he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well pleased. He hadn't done a thing yet. But God is pleased with us. God is, listen, if you're sitting here and you're a child of God, you were chosen. Not because you earned it. Not because you're all that. Not because of anything you've done or will do in the future. But he simply chose you knowing you would say yes. God, give him glory in this place. You're favored because you're chosen. You're graced. To be graced means that he not only chose you, but equipped you. He gave you everything you need to be successful in the thing he's called you to do. If if, If you're struggling where you're at, maybe, maybe you're doing something he didn't call you to do. Ooh, ouch. Ouch. Highly graced. And it also means you're safe. No weapon formed against me. There is a weapon, and it is being formed. And it's being formed to use against you by the enemy of your soul. But no weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm favored. I'm highly favored. God is with me. He's the fourth man in the fire. It didn't say you wouldn't go in the fire. He said, I'll go in the fire with you. My God, hallelujah. We often just glibly smile and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. That doesn't mean easy. Doesn't mean you're rich or comfortable. In fact, if God calls you, you are uncomfortable. Anybody can, can anyone amen from experience? If God has called you to something, you are uncomfortable. Oh, you act like you got it all together, but you're not. mm. How many have your moments? Some of you are having moments right now. I said, see it on your face. Jesus, help us. Listen, some of you are saying this is quite impossible, the situation I'm in. I don't, I don't know. I don't see how this, how this happens. How many know Mary said the same thing? How many know Joseph said the same thing? I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just love to be a fly on the wall when Mary told Joseph, <laughs> I'm pregnant and God did it. Okay. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Let's wrap this up. Verse 20. But while Joseph thought about these things, how many know he at least thought about these things? By the way, Joseph is a good man, and he wasn't going to make a stink about this. He was going to put her away quietly. In other words, he was going to divorce her, but quietly. But how many know sooner or later, (laughs) people were going to figure out why he divorced her? 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. She'll bring forth a son. He called his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. This is the Messiah. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Wow. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, <laughs> yeah, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Wow. Wow. Did you get this? Hmm. The reason God sent the angel is because Mary prayed. Y'all aren't listening. I said, Mary prayed. Remember what I said about Hannah? She asked the Lord. I, I, I don't know. What would happen if we don't pray, if we don't ask the Lord? We can't just assume things. Listen, everything operates through prayer and faith. Everything through prayer and faith. It's the system. It's how it's set up. God doesn't move unless you believe. Doesn't no, 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 no. You have, to, you have to ask. Mary prayed. She said, this is impossible. I, I can't. I can't make him marry me. I, I can't. There's no way I can get through this. Wow. I had, if you want to go to Luke chapter 1, here's, Mary, here's part of Mary's prayer. Mary said, my soul. Remember, this is before Joseph got the dream. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She knew she didn't deserve this. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. God sent an angel. He did the impossible. Well, Pastor, I, I've never had God send an angel to me. I, I've never seen it. I've been in some impossible situations. Just because you didn't see an angel doesn't mean he didn't send an angel. And when you get to glory one of these days, he's going to say, come here, come here. He'll name the angels and say, you remember when you went through this? I sent three angels. When it seemed like the enemy was overwhelming you and you felt like you were going under, 53 angels came to you. Listen, all of you got a guardian angel. Some of you got four or five because you need them because <laughs> you keep getting in trouble. <laughs> I don't know how many angels I got, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you God sends an angel when you need an angel. God sends help when you need help. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's, 
I'm here to tell you there may be angels swarming around you and around your situation even as I'm speaking right now. If you need something impossible to be done, angels can do that which is impossible by the command of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you whatever you've got to get through, he can get you through. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. God is with you. And that's why I'm favored. Highly favored. <laughs>